Okay, we're back at Deep 3, uh, Season 3. It's been a while. I know you guys have been on the edge of your seats waiting for the next episode. Uh, but here we are today. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, assuming I get this episode out before Thanksgiving. That's my goal. Uh, I'm joined today by Mr. Mark Smith, the Foster and Adoption Church Liaison with Baptist Children's Homes. A new role for Mark. That's Mark, right. thank you for being here. Thanks for making the drive. Oh, no problem. Down, Always uh, enjoy. I-40, I guess, 421. 421. Yeah. Uh, to here. Um, so Mark's just a guy I've got to know over the years through the various roles through the state convention and just a, a good friend. So uh, somebody that I know can bring a lot of wisdom uh, today. Uh, so Mark, if you don't mind just kind of introducing yourself, however you're going to do a little, little background and then uh, talk a little bit about the role you're in now and we'll dig into that a little bit later as well. All right. Well, um, thanks for the opportunity, brother. Sure. This is um, just such a joy. I love Collide Church. Um, y'all do an incredible ministry here in Yadkin. <clears throat> and I just can't wait to just see how God continues to bless y'all. Um, your numbers are through the roof right now, yes. which is crazy post-COVID. So, it is. Uh, just give God the praise for that. Amen. But um, uh, I've been married for um, almost 35 years to my high school sweetheart. She and I started dating when uh, she was in ninth grade, I was in tenth grade. Okay. We dated all through high school, dated all through college, got married, and you know my my eyes were set on um, uh, being an uh, an industrial engineer and a full time husband because okay. I gra- I graduated from NC State. Go pack. And, yeah, okay, uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, and um, <laughs> uh, so I was I I thought things were just exactly the way I wanted them, sure. and uh, then God decided to do something different and he called me into ministry. I left the engineering world, went into youth ministry, spent almost 30 years in ministry uh, before going to the Baptist State Convention to do family ministry as a consultant. Um, But here recently I was um, uh, transitioned, just a matter of fact, November 1, transitioned to the Baptist Children's Home to be a part of them and to really take care of um, uh, helping churches understand the great need of fostering and adoption here in our state, just the crisis that we're in, and how the church is really the answer to that crisis. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I look forward to digging a lot deeper in- into that. It's something that, uh, Mark, you know, many people know that uh, my family's passionate about right now. I'd love for our church to get more and more passionate uh, about uh, as well. So we'll dive in because I'm really looking forward to, to that conversation. Uh, so we'll start with the deep three, um, sports and culture and faith. Yep. Maybe not in that order of importance, but that's the order <laughs> we're going to ask the questions that's in, good. right? Yeah. So, uh, Mark, what's your favorite sports memory? Well, as I mentioned, I'm a NC State graduate, and I was uh, in, in school back then in 1983 oh, yeah. when Jim Valvano was running crazy after Lorenzo Charles made the miraculous dunk on over... Uh, five Slamma Jamma Houston yeah. and um, won the national championship in basketball that year. That's probably my all-time favorite memory of, of sports ever. So, were uh, so where, where were you watching the game? Are you at on campus? No, no, I was actually at home that okay. night. Yeah, um, with my family, yeah. and I just remember my dad just he just went berserk. My mom just couldn't hold herself, and I was running all through the house. So you grew up as a state fan? Actually, I did. Okay. I was even way back to the David Thompson, Monty Tao, okay. Tommy Burleson days. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've been a fan all this time. I feel like maybe just because I'm not a state fan, 
I don't run across a lot. Yeah. So uh, there's probably more down your your way uh, than here, but uh, that's cool that you. You know, I guess a lot of people know that our state fans maybe they went to school there, but yeah. to, to hear somebody who you grew up as a state fan, your family cheered for them, and then mm-hmm. I, that was, I mean, I, I was uh, a little younger at that point, so I don't have a good memory of, of that. Uh, but I did see, uh, I, I did, I previously, I know, joked with people on the podcast about NC State, you just won the Women's Cross Country National Championship. That's right. Yeah, which, I saw that. So I won't say when the last national championship was. Let's don't. Yeah. So, but you congratulations <coughs> on the last you. one. Yeah. So, yeah. great great them. memory though. I mean, that's one you always see every every March is yeah. have honor to run around looking for somebody to hug. <laughs> so that's that's a great memory and keeping it in the state. And this Carolina won the year before, and then state won the next one. So, uh-huh. uh, very cool. They uh-huh. did. They won it the year before. Really, Carolina eighty two. Jordan did they? Really? That's when Jordan I, shot I totally was eighty two. So yeah. yeah, totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. So. Good memory for sure. Um, so then we'll, we'll talk culture. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so besides uh, El Jarito Mexican Restaurant, yeah, which is the spot right here behind Collide. That's why uh, you come to Yadkin County. Bro. That's right. Uh, what's something you can't get enough of? Um, good coffee. Okay. Not, and I'm not talking about just coffee. Okay. Not Keurig stuff. Uh-huh. Not, no. None I mean, of that. Seventh... Sheets? No. Okay. Can, right. I can't. No, we can't go there. It's got to be barista style. Let's get it, grind it perfectly. Yeah. Let's let's do the right pressures. Let's okay. be a nerd about it. Sure. There's some science in there. There is science to it. Yeah. And you know, let's let's get that that crema just right, the, yeah. the right color, and okay. let's you know, no bit, not too bitter, not too sweet, but just get it just right. Man. Yeah. So, so walk me through. Uh, can you walk me through your process of making the perfect cup? Well, it, it's always trial and error. Okay. I think maybe I've made, of the thousands that I've made, <laughs> I might have made one yeah. perfect cup. Maybe two. Okay. But I have a, a Breville yeah. machine at home, okay. and so I get to experiment every day. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's always just playing with it, just having fun. Okay. Just trying to make it better all the time. Gotcha. I can't. My, my son is really really good at doing the art. Oh yeah, like the cream. Yeah, I've, I've always been so. I'll say almost jealous of people who do yeah. that. Like, how do you do that? I don't know. I can't do it. Yeah. I don't have the patience for it. I guess right. I don't know. But it's it's cool to watch him do it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Now I've. Okay, I'm a coffee guy. We have. I'm going to tell myself. You said Keurig. You know Keurig. I'm okay. I've just kind of given in right now in the season of life. I'm going to go Keurig most days. Okay, that's not my pr- preference, but I make up for that with a really good frother. Uh, okay. So just a, a cup, usually a Keurig cup, but you, if you get the cups where you can put in your own coffee, that helps it to be better. Oh, okay. And just yeah. a super good uh, frother uh-huh. that heats it. Yeah. It uh, also helps a lot, and uh, a little bit of cinnamon. In the in there with That's the good. creamer as, 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 as a good touch. So yeah, nice. uh, yeah good coffee is awesome. Um, we may hit up Garden Root after after we uh, okay. do this podcast. A little to that. coffee uh, trail in the area. So uh, they're pretty good. So right. maybe set up outside. Hopefully uh, they're like we could walk if we wanted. Okay, it's a little chilly. So we may we may drive. It's worth we'll it. hit it up. It's so, worth the walk. Good coffee, and I'm hundred percent with you. Not yeah. just coffee. You got to have good coffee. So yeah. awesome. All right, and finally, uh, faith element, what's something that God is teaching you right now? Well, as I mentioned, in a transition right now with from Baptist State Convention to now with the Baptist Children's Home, 
um, he's teaching me about his sovereignty. Hmm. Um, I thought I knew a lot about it before then, yeah. but uh, obviously I did not. But I'm just amazed at just how intricate things can can just flow out of his grace. Hmm. Just just with how in, just how really he is so in charge of everything. Just mind, it's just really mind boggling. I, right. I just sometimes I just sit back and just think, you know, the, the five years that I spent with the Baptist State Convention, building relationships and working as a family ministry consultant, and 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 just now seeing how in this new position. Just how he's using every bit of that, mm-hmm. as, as you know. I, and at first, I was thinking, okay, you know, I'll just, I'll just make a job transition. But really, right. it, it hasn't been that at all. It's really been more of a slide into a position. It's not been a transition, honestly. I mean, I've had a lot of learning to do, of course, right. in this new position. But, but with just God's sovereignty of how He's already linked so many things up in my life with other people, with other mm-hmm. churches, with, uh, with uh, the, the different uh, thought leaders in our state. And, and and just how all that was already in place for for what this new position is really needing. And so I'm learning a lot about his sovereignty and just how good God can mm-hmm. just make things do things, wow. how he can do things. Yeah. It blows my mind, honestly. That's awesome. And and something that I I like that you just said, a thought leader. Yeah. I want to be a thought leader. Yeah. I got all kinds of good thoughts. Yeah. Just imagine if they can be, they can, they can be a reality, right? So uh, that's good stuff. And I, and I look forward to, man, just talking to you before we got on air today about your uh, your new role. Look forward to, to digging into that both today and just in the future. And I think God's going to use you in a powerful way uh, in your new role. So that's awesome. Um, all right. So. Trivia questions. Uh-oh. I told you beforehand. I like to do three trivia questions. Okay. And the hint being, there's uh, some of them are going to be well, two of them be pretty obvious. But there's there's a relation to you or to something we're going to talk about. If you you feel like I don't have a clue what the answer is, okay. it, there's a tie-in somehow uh-huh. to to you. Okay. And I'm okay with giving hints. Uh-huh. Okay. Hit me so, up. first one. I think this is a tough one. I dug pretty deep for this one, but you may know it right off the bat. Um, what famous coach? Uh, football coach left the college ranks to coach the New York Jets in 1975, only to quit 13 games into his tenure, and then return to college. Uh, and he went to coach Arkansas. Uh, I'm gonna take a wild guess okay. and say Lou Holtz. Yeah, that is correct. Really? That is right. <laughs> Lou Holtz, who before he went to coach the Jets, was coaching NC State. NC State. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was digging deep today. I was like, okay, what's a what's a weird NC State tie-in? I was like, oh yeah, Lou Holtz coached NC State back in the day. So uh, yeah, so Holtz left uh, NC State. Now I didn't know this. I saw this. Apparently, he had been off the job at Tulane. Initially said yes, went back and turned it down. Yep. Uh, and in the same off season, went to coach the Jets. Yeah. Didn't even make it a whole year. <laughs> and I think in his press conference said Lou Holtz was not designed to coach NFL football. Yeah. Went back to Arkansas, eventually gets to Notre Dame, Notre Dame and yeah. super famous coaching there. But he did coach from seventy two to seventy five mm-hmm. the Wolfpack. He did. Who happens to be playing the Tar Heels. They are. On Friday. Friday. You're gonna take a guess at the all time record between the two schools. This is not an official trivia question. I just happened to oh. see this. Um I would like to say that State's probably up, 
Because in the last probably 20 years, states probably had a better record. There's a lot of red in the last 20 years. That's all that. <clears throat> against Carolina in the last yeah. 20 years. But, but yeah. states had some pretty good teams in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm going to go with state, having the higher record at 120 wins, 95 losses. Well, they haven't played quite that much. Okay. And unfortunately for you, UNC is ahead. Oh. 68 uh, to 36. Okay. And there's been six ties. Mm. So the Tar Heels are up. Okay. Have won the last two. Yes, but before have. that, it was a lot of red. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah, that. Have. So. Yeah, uh, Brown had made a big difference last year for sure. Brown, while he slipped up quite a few times, he has done a good job amongst the teams in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, I will ask you. Uh, and we'll write this down because it's going to be official something for, okay. for bragging rights one day. Right. What's going to? What's your prediction for the score on Friday night? Okay, stayed up. Okay, forty-five to thirty-six. Okay, because it's going to be high scoring. I would agree with that. It's going to be high scoring. And I thought about this previous, and I had actually a pretty close score in the other direction. <laughs> I'm going to say forty-one thirty-eight. Okay, UNC. All right. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I'm writing this down. Okay, write it down. So coffee's riding on. This. Coffee is riding. There you go. I like that. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, I agree. I mean, it was the weird. The last Carolina's not last game, but two games ago they played Pittsburgh, and it was low scoring, which was weird. Yeah, I don't weird. know what happened, yeah. but because they played Wake, it was 58-55, and what was the the state Wake score was 40, way up there 42-45. too. 42-45. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I think we're looking at 30s or 40s, mm-hmm. maybe 50s. Could be. So I don't know. Both of them can put the put. They can put the points up. They right. can't seem to defend too well. We'll see if Sam Howell's back for yeah. Tar Heels. Well, hopefully not. If he's not, yeah. <laughs> if he's not, disregard what I just said. Yeah. So all right, cool. Um, and good job on Luke Holtz. You're one for one. Okay. One for okay. One. Um, what is the average number of children under eighteen in families? That have children. So if you have zero, I think they don't count. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. In the United States. Number of children. I mean, this is like a decimal, two decimal places okay. type answer. So this is going to be tough to get. See if you get close. 2.8. 2.8. Now, it's, I have a hard time with this one. Okay. The answer I saw, and it looked pretty official, and I always give the uh, caveat, this is from Google, so okay. it could be wrong. 1.93. One thing I'm thinking about was yeah. it, maybe it's at any given time, so people who just have one now will eventually have more, but sure. at, the, at the moment they only have one. Yeah, and, and people are having children later in life, too. Yes, so. yes. So if it's 1.93, uh, I'll say it's been a while since it was over two. Hmm. So, you know, take a guess for the last time the average was over two. Is this the third trivia question? This is not the third trivia question. That's like bonus more. It's oh, like follow-up questions. Bonus. Um, if you get it right, I'll count, it. I'll count it. I'd probably say back in the 80s. That is close. 1977. Okay. And it's been right around this like 1.8, <clears throat> 1.9. But right before that, it was like it crept up because you're walking backwards a little bit more over two. Yeah. So 1.93. Yeah. Uh, and I know some people who have 12 kids, so they're <laughs> really swaying this answer a little bit. Yeah. Skewing a lot, so... Uh, okay. I feel confident with this last one. You're going to go two for three. Okay. Because uh, uh, I know it's been said, and actually I saw it on your phone at lunch, this number. Okay. Uh, so, number of kids in foster care in North Carolina. Over 16,000. Okay. Yep. That is right. Over 16,000. 
and you know the tie into that, which we'll get into. Actually, let's let's just talk about it right now. Sure. So, what what's the goal? And I love this uh, of the Baptist uh, State Convention of Carolina. What what are we trying to shoot for and have this big goal of doing with these foster kids? Yeah. Well, as you know, over sixteen thousand kids in our state. It's that's a massive problem. It's a sure. crisis. And um, right now, the government is handling this situation. And the government was never designed to do it because God said it's really the church's job. Yeah. It's really us as believers. Sure. It's our responsibility. So the goal is to <clears throat> help inform churches, help inform believers what what it looks like. What what is this problem? What is it? How how did we get there? And what can we do about it? And so the goal is to help churches understand and then those who are called from those churches because being a foster family is not an easy thing. Yep. It's hard. It's it very difficult. Um, but for those families who are called, then we want to come alongside them in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. We want to get resource them by giving them uh, the, the proper training to be licensed, to help them along that process of <clears throat> satisfying all the DSS requirements. Right. And then at the same time, through the local church, we want to help build a support team around them so that when they do receive that foster child or they do receive that, that child in, in their, into their home that they're going to adopt, that they've got a support group ready to be with them, to walk with them week in, week out, to help them through some of this navigation of choppy waters, especially on the yeah. front end. Sure. But then as things start to smooth out, they're still there. They're still there to be that support and to give them give them the support that they need so that they can be successful. And here's really the bottom line, in presenting the gospel mm. to that child that comes into their home. Right. But also, if they get the opportunity to present the gospel to the family that that child is actually coming from. Right. The, okay. the biological family. Because the ultimate goal would be they would go back to those parents in That's foster right. care. They would go back and, and be reunified with their parents in a good situation. That's right. And I would sure hope and we believe that if those parents come to know Jesus, that would improve their situation. Yeah. So this is ministry opportunity. Sure. This is, really, this is interesting. This is discipleship for the family who's receiving this child. Hmm. It's service opportunity for the church, but it's also evangelism for for the family, the biological family, but then also as that child is in your home, you get a chance to share Jesus. You get a chance to bring them to church. They get a chance to be around believers. And they get a chance to see what Christ's likeness looks like from the inside out. Mm, that's good. Now, you mentioned the 16, over 16,000 yeah. kids in foster care. So how many Baptist churches do we have in North Carolina? Well, actually, we have around 4,400 Baptist churches, Southern Baptist churches in our state. <clears throat> but the beautiful thing here is um, I'm not just working with Southern Baptist churches. Okay. Even though I work for... The Baptist Children's Home, right? You know, a, a non-denominational church, sure. Methodist churches. I mean, the, any other denomination. The denominations that are Bible-believing, gospel-centered churches, we will work with all of them. Do you know how many churches uh, like that there are? Well, we're probably talking into about the thirteen thousand range. But, okay. <clears throat> but I, I put a little asterisk beside sure. that because. Maybe not all of them are really that square centered on the gospel. Okay. So maybe a little less than that, sure. I'll say. But we we've got plenty to deal with this sixteen thousand. But with my, you know, math counts background. Yeah. Sixteen thousand. Yeah. In about four thousand churches, that's four. 
That's it. Four four kids per church. Per church. Just in the bab just from Baptist churches. Just the Baptist churches. You're getting close to one to one ratio there. That's right. With the other ones, so yeah, it's it's a huge need. It's a huge ministry opportunity, but when you look at the numbers per church, yeah. It seems doable. It's very doable. Seems very doable. Yeah. So. And matter of fact, that's who God called to do it. Right. And so the church is the answer. Hmm. But you know, I, let, let me share this with you too, because <clears throat> we could talk about a bunch of verses in Scripture. I mean, it's really all throughout Scripture. Adoption. Yeah. Um, yes. As far as that, we were adopted. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we are adopted into that family. Jesus coming to this planet. Okay. He's showing us what it looks like for a foster family. What a foster family does, you know, opening their home to a messy, messy situation huh. with this foster kid. Yeah. And so here's here's Jesus coming incarnate, which we're getting ready to celebrate here mm-hmm. in just a few weeks. You know, his incarnation, him him entering into this planet. He's entering into this mess. Mm. That's what foster families do. They enter yeah. into the mess. Yes. So we're being like Jesus mm-hmm. on both camps, you know, both counts, right? right. <laughs> Whether it's fostering or adoption. Yes. But the whole idea, you know, you can look all through Scripture, but one of the more prominent Scriptures that folks look like, look at is James one twenty seven, sure, where it says, uh, "Real religion, pure religion, looks like this: that you are uh, visiting, or other translations may say, come alongside, yeah, the false, the the orphan or the widow." So let's just maybe. Talk about the orphan and the widow as, as the vulnerable, okay? Because mm-hmm. James That's wasn't good. just saying it was just them and nobody else, right? Right. <clears throat> but let's just say it's vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. And so, what does religion look like? That's what that verb is describing. Mm. It's this is what it this is what you do. And and it's not just what you do. It's as far as just you know, okay, okay I'm gonna come and just maybe you know hand you a few dollars and just mm. maybe help you out a little bit. No, you come right. along into their mess and help them. You're walking with them through their journey. To help bring reunification, hopefully. Yes. But if not, giving your family to this child so that they can see what the gospel looks like. Hmm. And so, you know, you look around and you just think, and, you know, people hear stories about fostering, and uh, some are scary, some are, yeah. some are, some really get your hearts pounding and you know, pull on those heartstrings. And, you know, a lot of people just sit back and just say, well, is God calling me to this? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great question to ask that because is. he might be. But then there's also the whole idea that maybe he's not. You know, maybe you're sitting there and, and you're, the season's not right, the timing's not right, situations maybe could be better, and so you, it, to bring in somebody else into your home, it's just, it's just not going to happen real, real well right now. Right. And so maybe, not, maybe God's not calling you to do it today, and that's okay. But when you read that verse, it doesn't let the people who God's not calling <laughs> to have that child come into their house. It doesn't yeah. let them off the hook either. Right. Because what it is saying, though, is you're a believer. Mm-hmm. You know more than anybody what this, what being rescued is all about. And so you can still do something. Right. Yes, there's a family over here that, that can receive that child. But that family needs support. Mm-hmm. And so so what can you do to support that family? And that's that's the beautiful thing about James 127. Yeah. Everybody can play a part. You know, Paul talks about it in um, what First Corinthians twelve, Romans twelve about the you know the, the body is made up of many parts. Well, the the same take the same imagery sure. and look at it from that same perspective. What what can what can the church do around that one family or two families who bring in that orphan or who bring in that 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 foster child into their home? How can they 
how can they be there for that child, be there for that family? So we're all called to do something. That's right. But I think it's important that you say we're not all called to have the kids in our house. Yeah. And we got to be okay with that. Not yeah. feel because if it's not the right thing, it's going to be a mess. But we're nobody's off the hook. That's right. Everybody's called to do something. Yeah. So that's that's good. So we kind of jumped ahead. I'm going to keep rolling on this. That's um, okay. So your role in this uh, as the church liaison, kind of connecting churches to kids or helping them organize these kind of teams we've talked about mm-hmm. what's, what's that going to look like exactly? well what <clears throat> when when the church when they start to hear about what this ministry is all about um, we want to invite them to maybe at their even at their own church to uh, an information meeting because the last thing we want to do is like push a piece of paper and say here sign the dotted line right that's the last thing we want to do we want to make sure you're good with this and uh, through the local church we're working through the pastors with with their church congregation and and our, and we're really going to lean heavy into the pastors and just say hey w- will you you know look at these folks who are who are who God is calling mm-hmm. and let us know are, 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 are do you think they're ready you know will, will you sign off on them because what we then need to do is is walk them through a licensing process if they're going to do the foster care because there's about a 30 hours of coursework that they need to do they've got a do all these other type of things as far as background checks and home inspections and a lot of other different things. Yes. It takes a few months to get through that process to be actually ready to receive a child into your home. Yeah. And so we want to help Baptist Children's Home will actually do that licensing for people. So so right off the bat, we're doing the licensing through a biblical lens. And really here's the game changer when it comes to fostering. Mm-hmm. The game changer is this. Once that family is ready to receive that child, they actually get a case manager from BCH. Right. Which BCH, of course, through a biblical lens, they're coming alongside that family, and they're the advocate of that family to DSS. Right. That's a game changer. Yes. Because that means they, they they can have somebody who is on their side who doesn't have the same caseload that the DSS case manager has. A case manager from DSS could have 30, 40 families wow. that they're dealing with. I mean, wow. who knows what their number is. Sure. BCH is capped at a 10, okay. so it's manageable for them. If somebody wants to do an adoption, well, there's the Christian Adoption Services, which is also through BCH. And, of course, those are private adoptions, so there's right. there's money that needs to be taken into consideration with sure, that. Sure. But nonetheless, if somebody feels led to uh, to go that route, there's domestic adoption opportunities, but there's also uh, international. And currently, BCH, through Christian Adoption Services, they're looking at um, the Czech Republic. Uh, they have a, a partnership with Czech Republic and the Philippines when it comes okay. to international do- adoption. All kinds of options, for sure. And I, and <coughs> my family's walked through uh, the training and... Uh, the home inspection so it is a process so don't you know if you feel led and you get into it don't think you're going to sign up one day and have a foster kid in your house the next day it's not going to happen. it is a process of course we jumped in right at the beginning of COVID so that slowed things down a little bit uh, but it's, it's definitely a, a process but it's definitely one that's worthwhile uh, and I look forward to you doing this I think there uh, we're eating lunch I think the families are salt and pepper and the 
the uh, people supporting him were maybe the salsa. So we had Mark's building a great picture. The fork and the knife were in there too. But just, I mean, I was getting excited, like just look, just watching you talk through it. I love the element of support uh, and it being biblical support and mm-hmm. it being people from your own church. So it just yeah. seems like a natural fit. Uh, and I love what you said. It's the church's job to to do this. Um, so yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and just, just to talk about that support for a second. Yeah. Um, the support that comes around that family, when a family <clears throat> receives that support, that support c- c- always comes through uh, a, a, a key individual in that support group mm-hmm. calling them once a week and saying, number, number one, how can we pray? And number two, what do you need this week? Right. How can we be hands and feet in your family this week? What do you need? Do you need somebody picked up after school? The, okay, we're, we're providing a meal for you on Wednesday because you've got to take this kid to a doctor's appointment on Wednesday, and we know you can't be in, be at home cooking dinner while yeah. you've got got to run to Winston-Salem and take this child to a for doctor's sure. appointment. So we're, we got you covered this week in that. I mean, just and there's tons of other things that this support group can do, but those are the two main questions. How how can they be intricately involved through this journey because it's a journey. I love that. I love it. It's, um Maybe not easy, but it's simple. We got two questions, and I love the prayer side, obviously, and then the side like we had just our friend group kind of jumping and help us out a ton, and our family as well. But just knowing that anybody else that would have that support that, that we felt ours was more organic, but this would be <laughs> like, hey, all right, we got a team, uh, and you know, it's not too much for for one family uh, just being alone and supporting. you got uh, multiple people who are helping to support this family. So, That's exactly uh, right. And, awesome. and those families who get the support will, will stay in it for the long right. term because it's been, it's been documented. Families who get zero support from anybody, that they're just all by themselves as a foster family, they burn out in about a year, year and a half. It's easy, to, it's easy to feel on an island, even with the support. So I can't imagine what it would be like without without having any so that that is real good stuff so we've kind of gone off script or jumped through some things so we'll back up a little bit mark but i i want to say i'm super excited about this new role uh, for you for sure so um before that when we got to really get to know each other you're working in uh family ministry yeah uh and have done did a great job there uh help my family get uh have a mission statement just a lot of cool things that that we were a part of there on earth um, as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven that's right yeah that's our mission statement which i love uh and i think about it almost every day so thank you for pushing us to do that um so um how can churches uh so talking to church leaders church staff volunteers how can we better support parents as they lead their children because yeah. we like to say and I, I believe we're right in the parents should be their primary uh, spiritual influence on their kids but how can we better support our parents yeah I, I would say as church leaders uh, giving them those simple resources that they can just naturally do in the in the flow of the week um, you get a family who comes to church on Sunday and um, um, Hopefully they're sitting in, in a worship service together, maybe with older kids, of course. You know, they're right. sitting in the worship service together. You know, what, what, what would it take for the pastor to just, at the, at the end of his sermon, I mean, he's already spent 20-plus hours getting ready for this sermon, most right. likely. Sure. And what, what would it take for, for a pastor at the very end of the sermon to maybe put up on the screen 
if, if your church does bulletins, print it in the bulletin, whatever. But a question hmm. based on your sermon that, that you just preached, right. the, the mom and the dad and the kids just heard it, just heard about this sermon. I just heard the text being being walked through. Mm-hmm. And, and what if he could put a question, a discussion, an open-ended discussion question hmm. together, put, throws it up on the screen, say, hey, mom and dad, take a picture of this on your way out because what I want you to do is talk about the sermon, not mm-hmm. about me, the pastor, but talk yeah. about the sermon right. on the ride home, maybe while you have your meal at lunch or dinner mm-hmm. that night. Or maybe before you go to bed. Right. I don't know. That's three of the four rhythms found yeah, in Deuteronomy yeah. chapter 6, verse 7. Because right. it says, talk about them when you sit at home, go down the road, lie down, get up. So right there, you just utilized a 30, 45-minute sermon that you spent hours preparing that you're giving a simple question to a mom and dad right. to have a biblical discussion with their children. Hmm. In, in some context through the day. just And it's just a simple question. Yeah, right. And it's really just to try to start a conversation. It's it's not about trying to be theological and, and you know, dig out all this stuff in Hebrew and Greek. It, right. It's really just to I'll say, how, how does this apply? How does this apply to you? How does this apply to our family? How does this apply to to our community that we're living in? Sure. And, and how, can, how can we be missional with it? I mean, just all sorts mm-hmm. of things. So, as a church leader, what what would that take? Just a few more minutes. A few more minutes on top of the prep that's already gone, and it could reap a lot of benefits and rewards for the the church and obviously the family and the kids as as well. Yeah, because yeah, think about good. it. Think about what you just instituted. They're talking about the Bible. Yeah. In the rhythm of their day. Right. And, and as as they as they head on, they, they learn something at church. So they're 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 paying. You know. So now they've. They've had to just kind of think through what the pastor, what the the text that was 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 preached. They you know they have to kind of interact with that on another level, mm-hmm. and they take it away from the church. Isn't that where it's supposed to be mm-hmm. taken anyway? Yeah, for sure. That's good. <laughs> that's that's super simple, ethical, easy to do. Uh, as we close the message, or maybe as we we have a response time, or yeah. I could see us even doing it at, right before people leave. You know, hey, here's the thing. Talk about this question with. Whoever's in your car, whoever's at your table, uh, hopefully it's your kids too, right? Yeah, that's the, that's really good, really good. Um, so, uh, so kind of shifting from the church to the parents, uh, what are three, uh, let's pick three, it's a deep three. Deep three. That's our number, right? Yeah. What are three simple and easy, easily implemented things that parents can do to help their children grow in their faith? Yeah, um, I'd say easy, number one. Let them catch you in God's Word. Okay. At the breakfast table, throughout the day, let, let them catch you praying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know, I know my wife and I. That was that was kind of one of the one of the rhythms when our children lived at home. One of the rhythms that we had was uh, putting our kids to bed at night. Uh, you know, it was just everybody got their bath, homework done. We'd pile up on somebody's bed, and and one of our rhythms was to just end the day. In God's word, hmm. and and usually we we were it took five minutes, right? So just just find that rhythm though that fits in your home. Uh, so the first thing is let, let let the kids see you reading God's word personally praying. in your own yeah. quiet time. And then number two, find a rhythm. Yeah, 
And number three, yeah. Collide Church yeah. has again outdone themselves. The Family Advent Guide 2021. It's a Lifeway Kids resource. Kayla Matthews, she's just she's incredible. I mean, what what Glad else? To have her. Her Peyton, they do awesome. I mean, they, they <laughs> put this, they Love got it. this thing put together. It's Merry Christmas from Lifeway Kids. It's a simple, easy resource. Got it broken up into the weeks. I mean, you what? Right. You start this after Thanksgiving or the first of December, mm-hmm. dude. This this is a home run. Yeah. So uh, you know, people aren't. I think a lot of people in the South, at least in in the Baptist world, maybe Advent's like what is what is this Advent yeah. thing? Uh, but you know, it's just a, a season of focusing on the real reason for that we have Christmas. Focus on Jesus, and mm-hmm. that's a good resource that we've got. Uh, and I know a lot of the Advent calendars, you know, they go each day, yeah. uh, which is great. But even with this, it's more of like just at least one thing a week, and yeah. it's got an activity with it. I think one of them is like we bake bread together uh, and and talk about that. So yeah, if you haven't gotten one for your family yet. Uh, it's available at our kids' desk, uh, and if you're not in our church and you're listening, I'd be glad to send you one, send you the link. So, uh, yeah, so I love that. Uh, so we talked about being the word yourself mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, just be in a spot where your kids just notice that and they see you doing that. Mm-hmm. They see it's your habit. Find a time in the rhythm of your life, like you said with your family, it was when you're going to bed. Where you can spend a few minutes uh, praying, reading a Bible story with your kids, and then you know it's Christmas time. This is a natural time to do do the Advent season. So I love that three easy things uh, that you can do, and the kids just soak up so many things. Oh, they yeah. just soak it up, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, absorbing things like sponge. So sure. easy things we can do yeah. uh, to help our kids to grow in their in their faith. So. Um, Talking about holidays, uh, we'll kind of jump ahead here to our last thing. Um, what are some things uh, that maybe you did with your with your kids? You've heard of other families doing that you share with people in your previous role. Yeah. Uh, ways to make memories with with your with your kids with your family during the holidays. <clears throat> Number one is um, uh, every 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 Thanksgiving. We'd, we'd be running all over the place on Thanksgiving Day to right. family and <laughs> friends and eating chicken stew and whatever else. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but on the Friday after Thanksgiving, uh-huh. uh, my wife and I, we would take our two children and we would sometimes go to a, a Christmas tree farm right. or sometimes go to a particular Christmas tree lot. Okay. And we went and picked our, our Christmas tree yeah. as a family. Everybody had to go and inspect and look around and find and, and, and whenever everybody decided on one, that's the one we bought. Loaded yeah. it up, took it home. And Friday was spent decorating the tree. Okay. And it's interesting, that's a, that's actually still going, our, our two children live, uh, they're out of our house. Right. But they're doing the same thing still on, in their own families. Passed on. It is, it did. Yeah. Now, one thing that we also did after decorating the Christmas tree, you know, we We'd, we'd say decorating the house for the rest of the weekend, but, uh-huh. but the tree was just our focal point for Friday uh, because then it, uh, for Friday night we might get pizza or maybe we were eating some leftovers, who knows, whatever we would eat. But we'd also sit down and watch the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. That was 
My yeah. wife and I, we're going to do this this Friday. We're going to yeah. go get our tree. We're right. going to head up to uh, West Jefferson. We're yeah. going to cut it. We're going to take it home. We're going to decorate it. And we'll probably eat pizza and watch the Grinch. Okay. Now, my son refuses. He'll, he'll do his tree <laughs> on Friday, but yes. he refuses to watch the Grinch. My daughter, who yep. lives in Hickory, uh-huh. she gets her tree. Yep. She still watches the Grinch. So now, my, one my, for two. My daughter, my younger daughter, Mazzy, she was almost three. She loves the Grinch. Mm. Like, she watches it. I'm not kidding, Mark, yeah. year-round. I oh, mean, wow. almost. <laughs> like, if she's laying down, she wants to put on the Grinch. Wow. Uh, so I like this kid. Constantly. So she is celebrating your tradition probably a hundred <laughs> times this year, I would say, of yeah. the Grinch. Yeah. So. But I love that. I love how you 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 said that it's kind of passed on. Your kids yeah. and their families have, have done uh, the same thing. Uh, and you know, it's not not anything like crazy extravagant. It's just hey, we go get our tree, we decorate it, we have leftovers, we watch a movie. Like, yeah. and that's just that's it's just a rhythm. It's, it's important. So yeah. don't think it's got to be something massive. I saw somebody uh, random. I remember some Facebook was posting about. Man, our kids need to get away and go do something in there. And I'm like, okay, maybe you they do, but maybe they just need to be maybe at home yeah. with mom and dad, yeah. and y'all be intentional That's what for I mean. an evening. That's all we do. And just hang out. That's so good. Because so the good. Christmas season's crazy already. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> add more stuff to it. I mean, we, we really try to just be low-key up front. Because we know it's going to be busy as we get closer to Christmas throughout right. the what, month. That's what we talked about. I and mean, we were recording it it's on Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, we're off work tomorrow, and my wife this morning is like, we're just going to hang. Good. <laughs> we're going to hang. That's good. Because we know the rest of the weekend is going to be busy. Yeah. So that's, that's right. good. And our kids love that. They just want to be around us. They want to play games. Yeah. They want to, you know, they don't want to, mm-hmm. they don't need to do anything crazy. That's I right. want to, we want to go do all this stuff. And they're like, let's just eat at home. We're cool. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's good. That's um, good. So kind of, we just talked about being busy. Um, how do we balance as families? Uh, our time and actually enjoy the season. We kind of just said some of that. Are there any other things you would add as to how we can do that? Yeah, you, you really, each year just provides its own variety of new things to do or just t- try to keep up with the traditions that you already did. So be selective. Yeah. Try to try as hard as you can as to, just to say no to, to the extras that you know you just don't need to do. How do people who don't like saying no say no? Yeah, blame it on me. I mean, okay. just Mark to, Smith. Yeah, just, he's just, just got say, a podcast. Hey, I heard on this podcast yeah. the Deep Three. So hey, okay. we need to say no to some things. That's right. what that guy said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, that's tough for me too. And I'll say when we, uh, my wife Anna and I first got married, um, it was just a busy time. Um, with at that point, my grandparents still still living. I mean, we were going three, four, five places on Christmas Day. Yeah two, three, four on Christmas Eve, a few more the day after. Um, and, you know, really it wasn't until my, my grandparents passed away soon after that we were able to slow down. And I, obviously I missed them greatly uh, and, and missed some things that we did. Uh, but it, it was almost too hectic to enjoy any of it because you're so worried about what's coming next. That's right. So, um, yeah. And how are you setting up the ne- your, your children? How are you yes. setting up that next generation to operate? Right, so be intentional about being in the moment, mm-hmm. taking it easy, yeah. <laughs> enjoying that time. That's right. Because, uh, bro, your, your kids are how old? Uh, two and six. Two and six. You're going to blink 
Yeah. And you're going to be walking those kids down the aisle. Right. It's, it's going to go that fast. We just talked about that at a group last night. One of, one of our friends had a, uh, uh, his oldest daughter got married a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, and he just blinked. That's right. That's all it takes. Right. So be selective. Mm-hmm. Be okay saying no. Be it's okay. okay with it. It's okay with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, one thing we talked about too, Mark, kind of our last thing, uh, and a tough thing in our in our area um, just the past few months, in our church specifically, we've had some, some families experience uh, some tragedies and terrible loss. And yeah. just, I mean, there's going to be times in everybody's life when it's the year where they've lost a loved one, yeah. like in between Christmases, let's say, yeah. in between holidays. So uh, what's some advice for families who have experienced loss? How can they honor those mem- uh, and uh, remember those they've lost but still move forward as, as a family as well? Yeah. This is so hard. Sure. Um, there, there's there's really no right answer, but uh, just, just some just some meager offering here uh, from my perspective. Um, I understand it here in your area. There's a church just down the road, uh, Maplewood, uh-huh. who is offering something called Grief Share for the holidays. Um, I highly recommend that ministry to to folks who are who are in this season right now. Uh, Grief Share is an incredible ministry. You get, get a chance to get around people who are coming to be a part of that ministry who are in in a similar situation, similar season that you yourself are in. And so just to just to be around folks who really know what you're dealing with mm. can can be therapeutic. It can be healing. And when the Holy Spirit gets into a group like that, he can do an incredible, incredible work. And so putting yourself in an opportunity like that to where the Holy Spirit gets a chance to do some heart surgery uh, in, in some areas that maybe you're not even anticipating, some mm-hmm. areas of, 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 uh, of your life that you're not even sure how you can even deal with. He, he knows how to deal with it. Right. And so be intentional with that. Um, put yourself out there and be a part of that. Um, you know, something else I would just really just try to encourage families to do is to, is to honor honor the, the, the loved one that they lost in, in some way, shape, or form. I mean, do something special Mm-hmm. In memory of that of that loved one, um, be be very strategic with that, and 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 think it through. How how can we honor them? What, what's something that we can do? What's something that we can provide for another family? Right. You know how how can we how can we look past our own situation and, and maybe help those who are who are feeling uh, uh, grief and and sadness mm-hmm. of their in their own lives as well. And so, so just try to just really ask God, just to hey, give give us give us some wisdom here on how to how can we honor honor our loved one who we lost? How can we honor them in a way that glorifies you, Lord? And then also too, I would probably suggest that these families, even though they've got their traditions, and right. and there's going to be that empty place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no getting around that. But what's what's something new you could do? What what's something new you could introduce for this year? It may not be something that you do next year, but maybe it, maybe it is something that you do from that you start this year and, and you continue it on into the future. But just something new to just kind of bring a little freshness to this right. to this season, and 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 really give you something to look forward to for next year too. And and just to really just just be 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 present in the moment, like you were just saying. Uh, don't miss those moments. Um, those moments will 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 always be with you. The the from uh, from years gone by, and so cherish those. But then let's look forward to some new moments with the, the loved ones that that God still has in our life. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, 
get a group of people around you, be a grief share or something like that, yeah. who can support you in this in this time. Uh, find a special way to honor those you have lost yeah. and start a new tradition. That's it. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and something I just thought of, Mark, as we kind of close it down, it is a busy season, um, but there's definitely a difference, and I'm learning this more in my life, and in being busy and being hurried. Hmm. It's okay. We're all busy. Like It's going to be a busy time, but can we build in that uh, the buffer times in there uh, where we we know we're going to be going a lot of places and doing a lot of things, but we never feel rushed and hurried because that's when we don't stay in the moment. Yeah. Right. We yeah. we we do we can be busy without cramming so much in. That's right. That we're always hurried. That's right. That's right. Because so. that's when you lose focus because you're trying to make sure that everything's taken care of. You're trying to. Um, Please people, yeah, because that's a big that's a big part of of, of these holidays. For you're sure. trying to please your in laws or grandparents, and you're trying to be in all these different places, and, right? And so, um, slow it down, right? And that may need that may need to be coming by from the same point of just saying no to some things, sure. or at least just saying pause, right? Not now, not now. <laughs> Have you later, yeah. You can spread out the holiday season a little bit, maybe, right? And like cram it all in That's right. in a couple of days. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's birthday is December 23rd. We celebrate it all month. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates that she one, does. right? That's, That's right. Good. That's a good reason to celebrate early, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to compete with Christmas. That's it. All right. Mark, thank you for being on today. So many good things uh, that we've talked through. Again, looking forward to your uh, new work with Baptist Children's Home. And yeah. always love the wisdom you share about families uh, and how we can be intentional as churches and as parents to uh, reach our kids and then uh, some good stuff to take away for the holiday season as we roll into Thanksgiving. Amen. Thanks for for this privilege, dude. Are you going to be having turkey or chicken stew or what? What's it going to be? We're going to do turkey. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to maybe trying chicken stew sometime for Thanksgiving. Sounds good. uh, Thank you again, Mark. Thank you guys for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and we'll be Back with you very soon. Y'all take care.